0: to Powered by, by magic. magic, where we discuss topics surrounding magic and common, or not so common, questions. Let's take this journey together. Hi, I'm Tatiana. And I'm Sylvia. And we are coming to you from lovely Eugene, Oregon. We invite you to conjure up a room and ride with us. Hey guys, we're continuing our uh, Oracles and Tarot podcast by having split them in two and this is the b section of that we are covering the tarot along with my cat knocking oh the microphone okay we're covering tarot but thankfully sylvia has been kind enough to go ahead and do an extra god got us so that we could start this out with that our last um what we realized was our oracles lasted long enough to make one episode, and we figured tarot was going to do the same. That's why we split them in two, and here we go, on to God Goddess. Hi! Today on Side B, if you
1: remember tapes, we're doing Apollo. His title is the Greek God of Knowledge, Oracles, Healing, Music and Arts, Archery, Herds and Flocks, Sunlight, and Dance. He was considered the most beautiful god, and was a beardless, athletic young man. His duties were protection of the young, crops and herds, healing, the patron god of Delphi and of the oracle there, and the giver of laws. His lineage, he is the son of Zeus and Leto. His twin is Artemis, but he has many other siblings. He also had many children. Most well-known might be Asclepius and Orpheus the story. At one time, Pan, the god, decided to compare his music to Apollo's, and then decided to challenge Apollo to a contest. Tumulus, a mountain god, was chosen as the judge. Pan played his pipes joyfully, and his rustic tune made himself and his follower Midas quite happy. Then, Apollo played his lyre. Tumulus was so moved that he gave the contest to Apollo on the spot, and no one, except Midas, protested. Apollo took offense to Midas, though, and thought that such ill tuned ears were horrid and turned Midas's ears into that of a donkey. Greek gods and goddesses did not mass around. No, they did not. <laughs> Interesting facts. Archery was said to be invented by Artemis and Apollo. Apollo healed, but he could also create plagues and disease with his arrows. For boys, who long hair was their choice, their hair was cut at the coming of age and dedicated to Apollo. And his symbols are the sun, bow and arrows, swan, raven, python, laurel reef, and a lyre. Hmm. Lyre being a, you know, harp-type thing, not a A, a lyre? Lyre? I think it might be lyre. Okay, I've always said it liar, so...
0: I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Might be Lear.
1: Please correct us. (laughs) Say something. Anything. (laughs) Anything. We need you. (laughs) All right. So, we move on to Tarot? Yes, Tarot with Tatiana. Nice alliteration there.
0: (laughs) Let's dig into Tarot. Let me start by laying out some basic terminology. You will hear the person who is asking the question being called the querent or questioner. Likewise, you will hear the terms teller or reader for the person who is doing the reading. A spread is a format that the cards are laid down in in order to make sense of the question. How the cards relate to each position is how the interpretation then relates back to the querent's question. Now that we have that out of the way, let's begin. I'm going to try to begin, but I have a cat squirming in my lap. <laughs> he wants to rest and lay down, but he also is not doing that. Okay, He's a wiggle on. wart. He is a wiggle wart. Okay, buddy, move, move along or something. Oh, there he goes. Moving along. Okay. All right. He, you're in charge of him now. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay. Tarot history of the Rider Waite decks with smatterings of two other styles first show up in Europe in the 15th century, in the 1430s, mostly in Italy when they were still being painted by hand for lack of printing presses. For this reason, it was a game for the wealthy. It was very much like our current bridge games, inclusive of suits, trumps, and pips, aces from what I've gathered. The name for tarot in Italian is Tarocci. They took the normal deck of cards and added a fifth section known as the Triumphi, or Triumphs, also known as Trumps, and one outlier card, the Fool, or Ilmato. The Joker in modern decks is not equated or derived from the Fool in the Tarot. The Joker came into cards much later via a game known as Euchre. Really? Yeah
1: okay i was I always thought that the joker was
0: associated with the fool, but no, it is absolutely not interesting ah the trionphi may or may not have been created separately from the normal playing cards, but what is known is that they were created to have more power over the other cards. Originally, these cards did not have numbers marking them, so the order had to be memorized ooh yeah. I think it's hard now. I don't know. (laughs) Just imagine when there's no numbers on them. Right? E. The 1700s Frenchman Jean-Baptiste Alliette published the first guide for Tarot using a pseudonym Etillé. I'm not saying that at all well. I I don't know. You got me. Etillé. I don't know. He not only published the guide, but also a deck of his own. He ascribed meanings to the cards, connecting them with the four elements and astronomy. He gave them the order, both upright and reversed, and spread. These are still used currently. He claimed that he used bits from the book of Thoth, which was from the Egyptian god of wisdom. Jean-Baptiste became the first professional card reader after he published a revised version in 1791. Jump forward to 1909, when cards were majorly revised by William Ryder, a publicist, and tarot reader. His deck also came with a guidebook for the cards and how to read them. Here in the cards allowed the intricacies of the pictures to tell the story, once put together in a reading. Let's jump forward now to the 1970s, with the latest revival of the tarot revised yet again. This time, Stephen Kaplan revised the Ryder-Wade deck and the guidebook. Mm-hmm. Let's go in the beginning. The major arcana are the trump cards quote unquote, that have depictions of various virtues, villainy, and characters. There are 23 cards in all, starting with the Fool as 0, then going from 1 to 22 in Roman numeral form. Here is how they went. The Fool, the Juggler, the Papus, Empress, Emperor, Pope, lovers, chariot, justice, hermit, wheel of fortune, fortitude, hanged man, death, temperance, devil, lightning struck tower, star, moon, sun, last judgment, and the universe. And For those of you who are familiar with Tarot, you will notice just some slight nuances that are, you know, just little differences Mm -hmm. in there, and that's why I went ahead and listed those out. Ah, okay. Yeah, there is some differences there, I noticed. Yeah, just that's what they used to be called. Hmm. Next are the 56 cards of the Minor Arcana, which are made up of four suits of 14 cards each. These are similar to regular playing cards, and the suits translate in the following manner. Wands, also known as battens or rods, equal clubs, cups equal hearts, swords equal spades, and pentacles, also known as coins, equal diamonds. There are four court cards, king, queen, knight, and jack. Then there are the ten numbered cards. When fortune-telling came around in France in 1780, the cards were ascribed meanings. The major arcana dealt with spiritual matters and trends in a person's life. The minor arcana, wands, dealt with business and career, cups with matters of love, swords with discord, and coins with money and material matters. At that time, the cards were shuffled by the questioner, and the fortune teller would lay out the cards in a quote-unquote spread. The cards were chosen either randomly by the questioner or picked from the top of the deck, Reversals and upright cards changed in meaning depending on which way they turned up, and also depending on the card before or after them. Today, let's begin again. We still have the Major Arcana, and it's pretty much the same as it was then, with just a few minor name changes. So, here we go. There's the Fool, Magician, High Priestess, Empress, Emperor, Hierophant, Lover or Lovers, Chariot. Justice, Hermit, Wheel of Fortune, Strength, Hanged Man, Death, Temperance, Devil, Tower, Star, Moon, Sun, Judgment, and World. This is how we know them today. Again, I said that only so that you can, you know, maybe if you read through this, see the the differences, the little nuances between them. Then we have the court cards. Page, Knight, Queen, and King and then the minor arcana, aces through ten. As said above, the major arcana deal with major life issues or events. The court cards and minor arcana deal with the more day-to-day goings-on. The court cards are a culmination or synopsis of the minor cards. For tarot reading today, most decks are based off the Rider-Waite deck style. Today, tarot reading slash fortune-telling has more than... A plethora of artistic versions of that deck. Many readers today base much of their readings off of the artwork as much as the original meanings given in the Rider Waite guidebook. When doing the readings, the teller is the one who shuffles the cards and spreads them out. How they choose the cards is often by cutting the deck into three piles. This is done by using their intuitive hand, the left hand if you're right-handed, and set the cards down in three piles left to right and finally picking them back up from right to left. At which point, the teller would take the cards to be read from the top of the pile and place them into the spread one by one face down. During the reading, each card would frequently be revealed one card at a time. The how to. Okay, one more time for the crowds. Currently, the cards haven't changed in meaning or style However, there are more ways than I can count in how to go about shuffling, pulling, and doing spreads. Ultimately, it comes down to what feels right to you intuitively. A slightly old-fashioned, modern-day version is that only the teller touches the cards and shuffles them, and then lays them out in the spread, all the while the questioner is concentrating on their question. Initially, all the cards are placed face-down and turned over one by one. Once each card is read, there is an overall reading of all of them together and the story they tell. I do a similar version. Depending on the energy of my questioner, I may let them hold the cards initially while thinking about their question. I like the querent to write their question down first. It helps to clarify and focus the mind and intention. Then I will take the cards and shuffle them while connecting to my spirit guides. Once shuffled, I often will take the person's hands and do a small centering meditation, and then we will begin. I either turn one card over at a time, or I do them all at once. This just depends on what my intuition is telling me. These are just a couple of examples on how to start and begin going about doing a reading. Things to consider. Does your deck need to be gifted to you? The answer? No. If that were the case, there would be many closet witches that would never get a deck. It was once considered to be bad luck, or that you wouldn't be able to read them if you bought your first deck on your own. But this has long since been set aside. Now, look at your environment and the setting the scene. Choose either a traditional deck or one that has artwork that you can connect with. Perhaps light some scented candles or incense or both. Consider some non-intrusive music for the background. Something without words or no interruptions is best. Type of lighting can also be a nice factor to play with so long as you and the querent can easily see the cards. Either have a pen or paper at hand for the questioner to write their questions down on and any following notes they'd like to keep from the reading or find another method for recording the sessions for your client to take with them. I'm still archaic in my methods. I'm the pen and paper gal. Something I like to consider with a deck and is becoming more popular is what is known as a deck interview, when you get your new deck. There are tons to choose from, or you can create your own. I like to pull just one card initially asking what our relationship will be. Knowing the cards. I won't go deep here because it's just something that takes a lot of time to do. What I'd like to say is that you don't need to have all of the cards memorized before you do a reading, even when it's for another person. It's a bonus, and it makes it easier if you do know them, but I went for years without being able to pull them up in my head. I was always looking at the book. Over time, it will get easier. I'd say using your intuition is the biggest part of it. There are some good classes out there, and potentially that will be something we will add into our tarot business once we get that up and running. Hopefully that's something we're going to put in, mentorship. or. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. We're aiming towards that Mm -hmm. in the bigger picture. I'd like to add that I still like to look at the guidebook of any given deck to further insights after I've read them myself first. I consider this kind of a bonus, if anything. Because each artist has their own interpretation. Yeah, yeah, they really do. So I kind of just like to throw that in at the end. <laughs> and still more. Although we mostly see the writer waite style, there are still the Thoth and Marseilles versions. The Tarot de Marseilles deck was printed by Pierre Madinier of Dijon in 1709, as best is known. Later, Chasson of Marseilles created the prototype for the version that was later made in France, Belgium, and Switzerland. His deck became the most commonly used and standard deck used in France after 1760, when Nicolas Convert of Marseilles printed them onto his wooden blocks. They became the most popular version of Tarot de Marseilles decks, also known as TDMS, this is just the beginning of information that can be found on this style of deck. There's just so much more, of course, mm-hmm. and we may go back to that. The Thoth deck was devised by Alistair Crowley over a five-year span, from 1938 to 1943, and the artwork was illustrated by Lady Frida Harris, according to Crowley's direction. It originally consisted of 80 cards. He also wrote a guidebook to go along with the deck. He used various different sources for creating the images and symbolisms on his cards, such as separate occult bases, along with science and philosophies. There are many different sources for more information on the Thoth deck and history. And once again, we may come back to that. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Now, because we're keeping this as a shorter episode, we're just going to move right on over to the Tarot reading. All right. I'm excited for this. (laughs) So the Tarot today is The Forge. Today is about being a hard worker and having a particular skill set to work with. Dedication to a lifetime work is to take pride in it. Bringing things together to create something new. The art of being innovative is a gift not to be taken lightly. Basically, put it to good use because not only will you benefit from it, but so will others. However, make sure you moderate and balance how much time you put into this. There is still a life to be had, after all, outside of this. In terms of today's information, I see it like this. We all have our gifts and most everyone has magic, but don't use it for a plethora of reasons. But if you do recognize your magic and your abilities, then don't waste them. What you have is special and worth honing your skills on. For example, if you are a reader, then forever practice but also add to what you know by being creative in your own unique way. For example, you do a reading for someone and instead of using another tarot card to be the clarifier why not use an oracle card instead? Can you take what you know and forge it into something new? What part of this gift needs some revitalizing or more attention? How can your gift help others? Magic and creation are boons and we should make sure to not take them for granted. All right. Please rate us on iTunes,
1: Spotify, or wherever else you've found us. Also, come join us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. We'd love to have you.
0: We'd really love to have you. We're looking forward to much, much more. I believe we have one more episode, we said. Yes. Before we end our first season. Mm-hmm. We're hoping to get some feedback from you guys. I'm Tatiana saying goodbye for now. And I'm Sylvia, saying so long. Thank you for riding with us. And this has been Powered,
1: Powered by, by Magic.
0: Magic. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye.